kind of guy if he brought if literally if my sister brought him home I'd be terrified <laughs> <laughs> but he but- Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It's great to be back, and it's great to have our brother back on the show. It is Anthony. He's, I don't know how he's awake. He has had a new baby, and he has been able to join us today. It's great to have him back on the show. So before we get into talking about the Bears or get getting to talk about the draft, Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing well, my man. I'm, before anyone asks, two people send me a message on Twitter saying, Am I still in the shed? Yes, I am. I haven't been here for four months. I had a little baby nine weeks ago. She is uh, adorable, uh, loud, uh, cranky, doesn't like watching Bears football. So, uh, so a bit like you, man. This is myself. Yeah, she's really, she's obviously related to me. Obviously. Uh, so yeah, all is good. I got my Bear, Irish Bears show merchandise. I recommend a mug, everybody. I really do. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back talking Bears football. I missed you guys. I have must to say, I've missed you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's great to have you back. It's great to again get to talk. And this is what we were kind of saying this the last few weeks. Why it's more enjoyable getting to do these shows now that we can actually be a little bit more positive when it comes to our favorite team. Because look, <laughs> the season was tough, right? Like it's it's never easy when you have to go through. One of them. Before I continue, though, brilliant, Alan. Brilliant. <laughs> very, very good. Who has more? Who has more hair? <laughs> Lilia saying, "Let the singing begin." So, look, it, it it is good that we get to talk about our team in more of a positive light and actually look towards the future because it's never easy for any team being able to go through a season where you're expecting pretty much every single week to lose. Um. Now, the advantage of going through a terrible season is you can come away with something that will help. And the worst thing to happen is if you have a terrible year and then suddenly you're picking 12th or 13th, right, and you win some of these games. When you have a terrible season and it feels really tough for a fan base, but then you come away with the season, you're like, we have all this cap space. We have the number one pick. We don't need a quarterback you can be more positive going into that. And that's what we want to be able to do over these next couple of weeks. Obviously, a lot of this stuff will be centered around the draft. A lot of people have opinions on what the Bears should do. So but I guess before we do kind of delve into the main concept of the show today, I want to get your opinions, Ant, because we haven't had you on for a couple of weeks now. And I guess we're at, the last time that we would have had you on was just before the end of the season. What's kind of your thoughts now? as we are now in the Bears offseason. I know the playoffs are still on, but now looking forward for, for this team. Yeah, I think I think there's twofold on it. 
it's been the most enjoyable three win season I can remember. Genuinely, it's been enjoyable to watch Justin Fields work. It's been enjoyable to see the likes of Braxton Jones go through good, bad, indifferent, all that other things. It's just been fun because we we looked like we were going to score every time we had the ball for a period of time. So that was that's one thing I got to say that straight away. Second of all, it, it's tough being the worst team in football. It's very tough for a fan base to have to go through that and have to listen to some of the crap we've had to listen to. Because I actually don't think we're the worst team in football, but that's just the way it is. That's, results don't lie. So looking forward, we're in the best case scenario. Also, because I haven't been on since, right, I'm still blown away by the cornerback of the Indianapolis Colts who couldn't catch the, pa- the, the Hail Mary pass. <laughs> I'm still blown away by the fact that that guy still has a contract. How in the love of God do you have to do that? He is definitely in on the, on the, uh, on the absolute disaster that would allow them to get fourth. But looking forward, we've got everything positive going ahead. And also, you look at last night and you look at one of our biggest rivals, absolutely choke yet again at big moments in the big times at times. And if we're looking at our division now, everything's getting a little bit more interesting, I think, because we haven't got a massively successful Green Bay Packers that are just going to walk away with the league and we're just hoping to win eight or nine games and sneak into the playoffs. We now have a situation that this offseason becomes not just vital, but imperative for what the Chicago Bears are going to be like for the next four, five, six, seven years. It's imperative we get this right. Poles and Cunningham, for now, have put themselves into a situation that they have to get this right. Because if they don't, we are in a lot of trouble going forward because we messed this up. I don't know if we get another shot at it. And it's really important, as I said, that great that we're talking about the draft. It's really important free agency gets done right as well. But again, I'm actually confident in the guys we have in the room. I'm confident in the guys' ability to, to look at situations. And yeah, they've made mistakes so far and, and a lot of them, but there's some real positive moves that they've made as well. And I'm excited. Again, unbelievable. After a three-win season, I'm excited to have this conversation, but also excited to see what's actually going to come next in the next, what, 105 days or 104 days for the draft? I've got to say this before we go. 105 days. Roughly this time, when was it? Two years ago, Kieran, you were thinking of this show. This show, absolute privilege to be connected to one of the first shows. Absolute privilege to get back on talking with my family and my Irish Bear Show brothers. It is absolute therapy to all Bears fans to watch this show so I'm just going to trot it out there for now yeah I think when we started this was maybe like what a week after the Bears signed Andy Dalton I think that's when we did our first episode talking about how bad this was going to be and that the Bears need to go and draft the quarterback and we spoke about Justin Fields for about two and a half months and then it actually happened so look it's it's always good and what you say about the division is so true Right, like you look at this, and the Packers are in a whole lot of hell because, again, Aaron Rodgers doesn't know if he's going to come back. Yeah, Karen Rodgers doesn't know if he's going to come <laughs> yeah, back right. or if he's going to stay. Right. right, but the one thing that I'm going to say, it doesn't really matter. Right, if he if he stays, he hasn't been as good as he was in previous years. If he goes, the Packers are still on the hook for. 40 million this year against the cap and still they i think overall it would be 60 million over the two years right you have the vikings where we've said it all year long that it is the probably the biggest frauds that were going into the playoffs because most of their wins were close games and we saw a bunch of those wins that they got and they were lucky to come away with some of them while they have some good players you 
you're never going to be able to win a Super Bowl when you have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. And I think we all knew that. The only team that actually kind of concerned me over the next couple of years are the Detroit Lions because they actually showed good development this year. In previous years, we've seen them have high draft picks, but then it not amount to anything. But this year, we actually saw development take place in Detroit. Now, their coaching staff looks like it's about to get ravaged where their D coordinator and their offensive coordinator could get jobs. And that just goes to show the success that they had this year. So they would be one team, but the Minnesota Vikings, and they're in just as much trouble against the cap as Green Bay are. Right now, the Minnesota Vikings are $25 million under the cap, um, or over the cap, technically. <clears throat> so they are going to have to make a lot of moves. They are not going to have as a strong team next year as they would have had this year. So that's going to be an interesting one. Yes, absolutely. Look, Kirk Cousins, look, Can I we talk about ask- play? Can we talk about the play, please? Fourth and eight, and he checks down behind the sticks in the in the season-defining game. Imagine Justin Fields did that. I've been saying, I said this in a tweet. Sorry for interrupting you, Karen. I said this in a tweet earlier on, right? Look at all the quarterback play at the playoff weekend. And keep on saying this to yourself. Imagine Justin did that. Herbert. Um, like Kirk Cousins. Jesus Christ. Literally go through nearly every one of the quarterback's mistakes and imagine Justin in that and every absolute field day has gone on. There was some horrendous quarterback plays because it's called pressure. The NFL has really good players coming up against them. And people that go on about Justin Fields, people that go on about the Chicago Bears and the, the, the coordinators, but to look the Minnesota Vikings, if they had a quarterback like a Justin Fields, they're, they're in the next round without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion. They... they how in God's name people are looking at Kirk Cousins and go, he had a great game, he made one mistake. It's the season-defining moment. It's their season-defining moment. And he choked again. And he's got how many million in his contract still to go? Whoever whoever would say, I'm here for, for cousin slander. I'm king slander number one. I'm all on board. Yeah, look, the, the one thing that I would, I would say as well, when you look at the playoffs and this is where, look, we'll we'll talk a lot about this because this show today is how you fix the Bears' offense with it relating to the draft. Look, obviously, there's going to be things that they can do in free agency, um, but we will talk about that on a later show as well. But the one clear thing that you saw if you look at the playoff games is the teams with really good offensive lines are the teams that have the best offenses. That even you look at San Francisco, and it's hard to know just how good Brock Purdy genuinely is as a quarterback and just how good that system is, right? Like, do you think, like, is there a possibility that Trey Lance looks good? Is there a possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo looks good in that? Yeah, absolutely. And the good thing that they have is that offensive line. We've seen the same thing with the Detroit Lions. Part of the reason why Jared Goff looks so good this year is he gets so much time in the pocket. And that's something that we got to see, like, even to a certain extent, Trevor Lawrence, essentially on that Jacksonville Jaguars team has three really good tackles. And one of them is either likely going to hit free agency or go via trade this year where they just signed um, the kid from Alabama Robinson last off season to a big extension. They have little who was playing at left tackle because Robinson's injured in, in that, um, in the playoff game. They have, was it Juwan James, I think it is, that was the right tackle who's due to be a free agent. So if they pay James in free agency, Little's going to probably ask for a trade. If they don't, if they keep Little, then they're probably going to let James go 
into free agency. So, like, that's what it all comes to, building a good, solid foundation. And that's what I think this offseason is about. And you were completely correct where it's about they can't mess this up. This needs to be a, a foundational offseason where you get foundational pieces for your team. So that could be one or two offensive linemen that you really believe in. It could be a wide receiver that you draft or a tight end that you think is going to be really good. That be That's a help to Justin. It could be an edge rusher that you really like. It could, or it could simply be that the trade that the Bears make at one sets them up so well for the future that you have different capital to go get guys that you want over the next two years, let's say. And it it is interesting to see how that's going to happen. Look, before we go into the specifics of the players, and one of the other things I wanted to ask you again, because you haven't been on the show in a little bit. A lot of people, and there's been a bunch of people mentioning it, like here, for example. I know Chris Ballard has come out and said that he would do anything to move up and get his guy, right? There's going to be other teams. I know there's been a lot of rumors that there's different teams that could be involved with trading up. And look, that's good for the Bears. We saw CJ Stroud declared for the draft today. So that's the top three quarterbacks in the draft have declared. So that is really interesting to see what the Bears could do. But what do you want to see them do? Do you want to see them just try and make a deal early enough so you know where you're drafting? Do you think that there's any pressure on the Bears in terms of trading this number one pick? Do you care if it gets traded or if there's not a good enough deal that matches with the value that should be there just sticking? Or is it that this is kind of like a free reign, like, we weren't expecting at the beginning of the year to have this number one pick, but now that we're there, you got to take as any kind of good deal that comes along here. Yeah, it depends on what really we see in free agency, if I'm honest. So if, for example, Polls sees in free agency that there's an opportunity to go and get offensive linemen that you just mentioned that are going to solidify our offensive, offensive linemen, then you're looking at the likes of Anderson and going, is he the guy that makes us go from a three-win team to a nine-win team based on every other pieces that we're putting together. It's a bit like a puzzle. But the point that I, I think is really interesting is it's almost disappointing for Bears fans now if we don't trade down. Because <laughs> it's because like, we've yeah. all we've heard about, you go on a PFF, which is absolutely hilarious. I did PFF the other day. I think I got every single Colts pick for two years in a draft just for number one because that's what PFF does. And the fans are listening, watching that and doing that and expecting that to happen. It's not going to. I think Alan said it there that there's a conversation around swapping with the Colts for one of their and one of their players. I don't particularly agree with that. I, that, I don't think that's a very very good deal. But you're better off looking at something like that than a PFF. What I'm interested in is what does polls think of the number one pick? Does he look at number one pick as an opportunity to get more draft picks? And this is something that I'm really adamant on. It's why I don't feel that he's going to go mad in free agency on big name players like Saquon or anyone like that. I don't think he's going to do that for two reasons. One, it's just not his MO. All he's been talking about since he became GM is you build through your draft, you build through your own players, you you develop them, you bring them through themselves so they get into the use of being in Chicago for four years until they develop on. And number two, I just don't think he's the kind of guy that would just go and blast to make a statement. Um, so I think we're more likely to see a, a move in the draft to move down 
would not surprise me if we moved down twice. So in the ultimate scenario for me, we moved to second and then moved to fourth, um, and then still get get Anderson. That's a that's obviously the most obvious one. But I just don't think with with Stroud coming out now, I don't think that'll happen purely because the Texans and the Colts may may not want the same quarterback, and if they don't. Then suddenly you're getting a scenario where if you're the Texans, you're like, okay, I know the Colts are going to go there and they're going to take Stroud or whoever they're going to take. Mm-hmm. We can just sit there and wait for them and we don't have to offer anything. So it's going to be in- intriguing. And this is where the fun comes from. The fun comes from we don't know what anyone really wants to do and it becomes a game of Monopoly almost as to what's going to do. But in saying all that, the Bears have the upper hand across the board. We can decide what we're going to do in free agency. We can decide what we're going to do in the draft. And we can focus on one specific area to get that fixed looking into next year. Because I don't know, and this is a question that I don't know, you probably have spoken about before, I know you have, is do we expect to be contenders straight away next year? No, I don't think we do. I think we look at winning eight, nine games. Getting to a playoffs would be a nice step forward to see what, what this team looks like in a playoff in a playoff game. But I think right now we need to fix areas so that we are looking at 2024 as being the one that, yeah, now we're, we're in a make or break scenario. Yeah, look, I think trade the trade scenario. I I know a lot of people have said the idea of trading down twice. I personally don't think that that would happen. You'd have to be very lucky because look, the first one you could do right, you could trade down. You have control of the draft, but then wherever you land with that trade, you have to just be in the right spot for a team to trade up. It's different when you have the number one pick and the team right behind you needs a quarterback, right? Because then a team doesn't really have a choice. They have to trade up with you. But when you go to like, let's say four, right? Well, then you have to hope the team that's in five and six also wants a quarterback to then trade down there. And the reason why I think it makes a lot of sense. And one thing that you've mentioned where these teams could like different quarterbacks. And look, the rumors going out there is that the Texans and the Colts do like different quarterbacks at the early stage. Like this is all going to change. But right now the rumors are that the Colts like CJ Stroud and Will Levis and the Houston Texans like Bryce Young, because there's something that the, that Chris Ballard doesn't like small quarterbacks. So that's the reason why, he's why Bryce Young is not getting linked to the Colts but where the Bears have the leverage is all the Bears have to do is convince the Colts to convince the Colts that somebody else wants to move up because if they do that well then the Colts have no choice but to try and move up because they can't move up with the Houston Texans because the Texans won't move down because they want to pick their guy again it's a similar thing the the best scenario for the Bears and I meant I put this out on Twitter earlier on today. The ideal scenario, without this whole like trading down twice thing, because I don't think that that's probably going to happen, is the Bears trade down with the Indianapolis Colts, and they do it rel- relatively quickly, so they don't they aren't waiting for months and months and months. Where I think by the time I think it's something like there's a March fifteenth deadline or something like that when the new when the new league year starts, right before free agency. I think the Bears, maybe a week after or two weeks after free agency, make a trade with the Colts. And the reason for that is that the Colts can then go and scout exactly the quarterbacks and who they want. Because it's it's something that's happening more and more now. Teams are willing to just give away with the capital. And look, if the Colts have a deal in place, the Bears can call everybody else and be like, look, this is here. 
do you want to move up? And if not, I think they'll accept the deal earlier, not early on. I don't think it's going to get all the way to the draft. The fact that there's already rumors out there shows that while they may not be legitimate completely right now, is there's some people talking yeah. that are close to it. And that's that's the interesting part there. So if that happens, there's also a lot of rumors around Arizona that they want to move down. So let's say the Bears move down with the Colts and then the Arizona Cardinals move down with, let's say, I don't know, the Jets or the Carolina Panthers or something like that. You are there. You are then sitting at number four where three quarterbacks could have gone one, two, and three, and you can pick exactly who you are going to pick at number one. And that is the ideal situation for the Bears to be in. And if we're trying to put this in some sort of kind of realistic scenario that could happen, that is where the Bears can literally be still in control of the draft, just the kind of non-QB draft, while also picking up probably a first-round pick, swapping first-round picks this year, probably picking up the Colts' second-round pick, probably another later-round pick this year, and their first-round pick next year. Because no matter what you say, right, Moving up in the draft, wherever you are in that first round, usually means getting an extra first round pick, especially nowadays. It's just the way it's done. So that's almost a guarantee. And then it has to start with also getting their second round pick and probably a fourth. That's probably in a realistic way what would happen. Now, they could end up offering more. We don't know what the market is going to be. But I think just because there's so many teams that need quarterbacks, I think the market's going to be pretty high. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how how that goes. But there's a lot of situations that can come or, that can come around here. And I think the Bears are in a really good position to be able to capitalize on this. So with that being said, what we wanted to do today is to talk about some of the potential players that I think that the Bears could actually target in this year's draft, but also kind of the reasons why they're not all going to be these first round guys. Some are in the second, some are later, but just guys that I think could fit quite well um, with this team. So we'll start off. I'm not, I haven't added in quarterbacks into this situation as like backups or anything like that. I'm just going to go from running back. We'll do wide receiver, tight end, offensive tackle, and the interior of the offensive line. Um, so you'll see a bunch of these. So I have a, a graphic up here just so we can kind of look at the players as we go. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of these draft profiles that will be put up on the website from probably from the end of this week to the start of next week. There's already a couple of them up there. So if anybody wants to check those out, it's on the irishbearsnetwork.com. Um, so the first one is probably this is a situation where David Montgomery doesn't get re-signed. You have Khalil Herbert as your number one kind of option and you need to get somebody else in there and you've traded down and gotten multiple picks because I think Roshan Johnson's probably a second to third round pick. Now, the problem is it's really hard to know with the running backs because it depends on the year and it depends when the run starts on these running backs. And typically it happens towards the end of the second round and kind of started the third if that happens he's probably going to be picked in the third round so if you do trade down you get multiple kind of seconds or third round picks well then this is a potential if like you said before Ant, if they spend on d-line if they spend that linebacker if they spend on offensive tackle 
let's say they picked a wide receiver in round one or they picked their three tech or their edge rusher in round one and it comes around to the second or third round Roshan Johnson is a really good option that people don't talk about enough just because he wasn't the starter for Texas because again he was in a Texas offense that had an absolute beast at running back but every single time Roshan Johnson came in he was a insanely good option was really really productive and the one thing I like about him and it's something that I've always wanted, especially in that depth running back position on the team, is a north-south runner. He has good, he's good, he's a good pass blocker. He's agile. He may not have the same shiftiness that we see from other guys, but he he actually does remind me a little bit of when you when I look at it, probably when what was his not Latavius, was it Latavius Murray that was with the Dallas Cowboys when they had that insane offensive line or it was a DeMarco Murray, DeMarco Murray. He's one that he kind of reminds me of a little bit, but the one thing that you'll do is he has a really interesting story. He comes into college as a quarterback and because of injuries, they shift him to running back early on. And I think it was in his freshman year, but then obviously what they, what they did after that is they were able to get in a five-star recruit at running back and, he was then one of the depth pieces. But the one thing that you see, and it just pops off on tape, you would think a backup running back in one of these offenses coming into the draft, you'd be like, ah, he's probably a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick. He's a consensus day two guy. And he's really, really impressive. Again, one of those guys that I think a lot of Bears fans will like if he did. And I just think he would actually be a really good fit if you don't sign a David Montgomery back, because we know the deficiencies of Khalil Herbert, right? We know he's not a good pass catcher. He's not a great pass blocker. And that's something that Roshan Johnson is actually good at. So again, if you don't bring back David Montgomery, make let's say you don't sign a, a guy in free agency and it's like maybe a depth guy in free agency, this would be a really good option, I think, for the Bears. I think he would fit the offense quite well. I think the point, the point, when you were speaking there, the one thing that I kept on thinking in my head was, I really hope you're going to say he's a good pass blocker. I really hope you're going to say he's a good reader of reader of what's in front of him because that's what Khalil Herbert isn't, unfortunately. And something he has to work on really hard in this offseason is spotting stuff. And that's what Montgomery did without really anybody noticing until this year because Herbert was so bad at it, it was, it was popping up everywhere. Because if we get our offensive line to a point where it's, it's, a good one, then we need that when we come up against elite defenses, we need to have our running backs ready to ready to block as quickly as they can. He adjusts in the time to throw the ball. I'll give Justin the time to make his plays. And if that's the case with this kid, then I'm very intrigued about it. I also think that I personally look, everyone knows I'm a massive David Montgomery fan. I really am. I don't think he's coming back. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's too much going on. There's there's just a sign that polls is looking at someone, maybe even like this guy, and saying, you know what, I'm going to probably get more uh, bang for my buck off him. I'm going to give him a go. It wouldn't surprise me if the likes of Darrington Evans comes back more than more than Dave Montgomery for the cost of his his salary. And also, because I think Poles is more concerned about other positions on the, on the, on the field right now. Um, and I say that with all the love of Dave Montgomery I have, and I would, if I'm wrong, I won't be too sad. Let's put it that way. The thing I, when you sent me this the clip about this kid, the thing I like about him is that he looked elusive without being someone, as you say, that was going left to right, backwards, everywhere. 
but he still seemed elusive enough when he was going straight. Um, and the fact that people are talking about him being in the third round when he has the guy he has ahead of him in his own team, that shows there's real, real potential here. So I like the look of that. I think you're on the right ways with, with running back. I really don't think we're going after Saquon. I really don't think we're going after Jacobs. I really don't think we're going after the elite uh, running backs because I don't think we're that we're ready for that yet. Maybe in 12 months' time we might be. But it's just something that I, I like the looks of, of what we're going to get in the draft. I actually don't think we're going to go second round running back either. I think we're, we're probably looking at a third round and hoping that someone like him is still there either late third round or early fourth if, we're, if he's, he, he or someone like him is still there. I think that's when you might see the running back call being made. Um, but it's it's definitely intriguing and one for people to watch. Yeah, look, and I, I just want to put this out there uh, for this one. If Polo's drafts a running back in the first or second round, fire him. This isn't about that. He's not going to draft a running yeah. back in the first or second round. And look, there's there's other ones here, and there are much better options than Johnson. Look, there's there's a lot of different options in in this draft. You can pick so many. There's a bunch of running backs. I think just from my own counter here right now, there's about I think there's around fifty eight to sixty guys that I have on my list, and there's a bunch of small school guys that I don't even have on there right now. Um. So that's one of the interesting ones. So like you're everybody's gonna have their own favorites when it comes to running backs. All we're looking for here is guys that will fit the system based on a scenario that can occur, right? So like for example, Lee puts in here Chase Brown. I'm a massive fan of Chase Brown as well. Like he's obviously being from Illinois or being playing for Illinois is always something nice. Like personally, I'll, I'll kind of go through here. Um so I have Chase Brown ranked ahead of Roshan Johnson in terms of the actual prospect rankings. But when we're looking at this, this is more to see what we think could fit and because one that will actually be a good mix with what the Bears are going to try and do. And that's what I like Roshan Johnson for. Like there's going to be, there's, there'll be players further down in the draft that will probably be different athletes even than Roshan. And I'm going to go through a couple of other guys here. Zach Evans is another guy that we can talk about. He's one that's going to, will probably get picked ahead. Um, he's probably in the top five. I think I have him ranked number four overall. So again, if you're there in about the third round and they're deciding that they want to go, let's say they've traded down a couple times or they've traded down the second round and they've got multiple picks. Well, then you could go for a guy like Zach Evans, right? Again, interesting storyline in terms of moving schools and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting. And look, I guess one of the things I want to, to mention here says there's a big difference between between playing college kids versus the NFL. I'm like that's the same for all of these prospects. Like not nobody's played against anybody in the NFL. And we look at it as everybody loves Khalil Herbert, right? But who really knew what Khalil Herbert was going to be when he was coming out of college? Because Daniel a lot Moody. of people, yeah, like a lot of people saw that with Khalil Herbert, like he moved he moved schools a year before he came out for the draft, had a really good time at Virginia Tech, and then hit the ground running. So like sometimes it is going to be whatever system you come in here. So look, Zach Evans is another kind of higher profile guy that you could bring in. Devon Ashane again is another higher profile again some of these guys at the beginning are going to be those earlier rounds um 
So as Shane's a little bit further back, I have him ranked ninth um, in terms of the running backs here. Um, again, another good option here. Different type of different type of back. Um, there, I want to go to some of the later guys. Jameer Gibbs again. Everybody knows him for Alabama. He's probably more. I think I have him ranked number two. Um, so he's probably going to go in the second round. Um, and look. The one thing I'll say here, Nomad, the thing is Kendra Miller, I do not believe he's actually declared yet. We're still waiting on him. We're still waiting on Quinton Johnston. And there's a bunch of different running backs here that I I personally like, but I don't have a, a slide of 50 guys or 40 guys. Um, Kenny McIntosh is one guy that kind of hits on tape. Um, very good player. I don't think he's going to be... I don't think this is going to be the the guy that they're going to go for, because I don't think in terms of the athletic profile, it fits enough. Um, but again, if you're there fourth round, he has re- some really good tape. And for me, and, and I think it's hanging with cat. He's pointed about evaluate talent. I, 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 I don't think that's what that will be happening because what, Instead of evaluating the talent, you can have all the talent in the world and that's fantastic, but they may not need what we want in a running back. And I'm convinced that Poles wants to have a someone that does the hard grinds, which ironically is Montgomery, I get it, but yeah. a blocking running back, a pass blocker, a someone that'll get in, get open and make catches. I think I'd say he would have loved the idea. That, I think it was against Atlanta when Montgomery went down the sideline and Justin found him. Now, what he wanted from his running back then is catching it and going the length. And that's what Montgomery just doesn't have the next level of pace, in my opinion. But when you're looking at a talent of a running back, you see on tape all this massive stuff of these massive yards and these run through players. And that's when you go back to the, to the comment a few minutes ago, which was, oh, but it, it's, it's against um, college kids. Yeah, when it goes to the NFL, you're not going to get that exclusivity. What you want to have in your running back that I would be evaluating for the Chicago Bears right now is the toughness and the ability to block and help protect Justin in the pocket. If you find that in your fourth, fifth round running back, that's who you pick. You may look at other running backs and go, oh my God, this is this guy's so much better than him. McIntosh is such a better player than what we spoke about earlier. But is he right for the Chicago Bears right now? That's probably the one that I'd be saying the most. Sorry, man. No, I think that's the perfect scenario here, right? And it's going to be the same when we talk about some of the wide receivers coming up, that it's going to be the specific type of guy, right? Like when we talk about a Jackson Smith and Jig Ben, we t- when we talk about Quinton Johnston, they're both very, very good wide receivers, but they're good for two completely different reasons. And it's the same thing. I think running backs more than anything now is teams look for a specific trait that the, a particular guy has and they pick based on that. Um, and I'd be shocked if the Bears don't take one because it seems like that's what they do. And it's, I would always advise on it, because, especially if you're in day three, right? Because day three, we know what those those picks can be. But I think there's probably a higher hit rate on the running back position in day three just because it's been devalued to a certain point that maybe 10 years ago, a guy that would have been like a third round pick is probably now a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick just because of the positional value. Um, so it is going to be, it's it's stuff like that that it's going to be interesting to see. Um, now, obviously, I don't want to just kind of go off them, but one kind of later round guy that, look, not many people have spoken about just yet is Jordan Mims from Fresno State. Now, 
I wasn't going to plan on talking about him if this was a couple of weeks ago, but randomly I actually tuned into, I think it was called like the LA Bowl when they're playing against Washington State. And he ran for like 200 and something yards and they just could not stop him. And it was, he was, what I liked is that he did have kind of, he was quite elusive. He had that short area quickness. He's really tough. Um, again, I think he gives you a lot of versatility. Where I kind of question it is, does he have the, the size that you want? If it's like a replacement for Montgomery. But for me, this one fits more if, that's how you do sign Montgomery and you do have Khalil Herbert, but you're still looking for that third option. Yeah. I think he's definitely an option that you could bring in here. He He's kind of similar to, I would say, like Naheem Hines from, I think he plays for Indy now, um, but is definitely a guy that I'd be looking out for. If you want to look at some of his good tape from this year, he played really well against Nevada, USC, and Oregon State. Um I think overall this year, he rushed for 1,370 yards and had 18 touchdowns. Um, again, yards per carry was 5.2. Um, so look, I think overall he's a decent option on day three. Um, he may even push himself into day two, but I think just with the way running back goes, I think he'll probably be a day three option and probably one for the Bears that I think could be a decent option there for, for them if they want to, let's say, Either they've signed Montgomery to an extension or if they do sign a free agent, that's kind of prominent. Maybe not like the Saquon Barclays, but somebody that gets paid on, I guess, the the market below the top guys. And I think that's probably an option there. But look, with that, I think the position a lot of people are talking about is wide receiver. And I'm just going to go out there and say, for me, my n- number one wide receiver in the draft is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And there's a couple of reasons why I just think that in terms of the pure ability, he's the best receiver in this draft. If it wasn't for that injury that he had this year. And obviously I think a lot of this has to be caveated with what's his medical like, and the teams will go through a, a vigorous medical with him. If he passes that, he's going to be the first wide receiver taken. Like, I, I don't care what people want to say about Quinton Johnson. The players that are ultra successful from the college game to the NFL game are guys that where their routes don't look the same or that it's not exactly how it's drawn. They have little intricacies about with their routes and really guys that have really good route running can do that. Guys that don't know how to do that are ones that struggle early on and need to try and learn that when you're moving to that next kind of game. The one thing that I would say with Smith and Jigba is that he has elite route running going into the next level. If he's healthy, there's no reason why you wouldn't want him being on this team because I think he fits perfectly with what the Bears are looking for. And I've always said, and look, there's going to be some people that have preferences for these like physical specimens that come in that just go up and get it and that's their main job and they don't do much else for me i want i want the guy that can create separation i want the guy that is difficult to cover because everything at the beginning looks the same but then what he's able to do in the course of the route is it provides space for their quarterback and look 
the interesting thing is you can go back and you there's a lot of interviews with him. I think it was like Olave and Garrett Wilson. They're both they're all talking about each other as receivers, and you can see all of that. And again, I just want to put out some of these. He is not five nine. He's not. He's six foot. Um, first of all, and not every smaller receiver, not every receiver has to be six foot four, six foot five, six foot six foot six to be successful at the next level. If that was the case, Cooper Cup wouldn't be a number one wide receiver. If that was the case, look, I don't want to put Tyreek Hill because that's a different kind of animal just because of how fast he is. But again, it's how you use your skill set. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, in terms of what I like about it, hands, really, really good. His footwork is excellent. His route running is really good. He has really good, like I say, the intricacies of his route. It doesn't look the same all the time. He's able to trick defenders with that. And I think that is really, really good. Um, so in, in saying that, man, while you're, while you're on Smith and because I'm all on that train as well, but I, I like it. The reason I like it, though, is the exact same reason why I spoke about with running backs. It's something different to what we have. What you don't want to have is another, as you said, six foot four guy that you just throw the ball up and hope he catches it. I'm obviously not saying Devontae Adams if he was there. I'm not talking about someone of that because, as you said, with three kill, that's a different animal altogether. What you want, what this guy will give you is give you something different when it comes to the wide receiver room. Because last year's wide receiver room, exactly what you said, the one thing we didn't have outside of Mooney was the separation player. The person that would definitely give you that option for Justin to find in the slot. We give you the option to make, make defenses have to look at him in a different way. And that's what we need from our wide receiver room rather than, okay, yeah, they have a big big body out wide. We're just going to make sure we, we we took him up in essence and make him win the contestable ones because we're confident in our quarterbacks that they're not going to do that. We didn't we didn't have that. We had too many of our, of our wide receivers that just didn't win the contestable balls. This guy gives you a something different option. And the more something different options you have offensively, the more difficult it is for you to, to, be, to be coached against. And suddenly you've got scenarios where if our offensive line gives Justin more time than they gave him this year, it's up to him then to go and go and prove that he is that the pass rush or the pass the passer that we know he is to players like this guy. The question I'd ask you though is the realism of this. How realistic is it to get Smith Najigba? Because everywhere I've seen, we're looking at between the first round of 16 to 23. There isn't a tradable option, I think. Um, outside of the Detroit Lions, and I'm warning everyone, the Detroit Lions do not want a quarterback. They are very happy with who they have. So just putting that out there as well. I don't see anyone that we'll be able to go and get this guy, because I don't think that the Chicago Bears are going to use their first pick on on the day. I think everyone's accepting that. So, is it a realistic pick? I can... I will say this. And like I said, it has to be caveated. He needs to pass his medicals, and yeah. we'll find we will find that out when it comes to the combine and things like that. If he's there, um, if that's the case, if we trade it down to eight or nine, I have no problem in taking him because I know, I know the ability that's there. And look, there's going to be. I want to kind of call out a couple of questions here. So, or a couple of comments here. So Nama saying JSM might be the recipient of some extra hype, in my opinion, after studying the pit, the opinion or studying the film. I hope that what this means, and I, I, I don't know if I'm taking this the wrong way, that he deserves extra hype or that he's just getting extra hype. Because the thing that I would say is that 
to say that he's getting extra hype when he categorically in 2021 had probably the best wide receiver season um, of anybody to the point of what we're talking about with Marvin Harrison Jr. and how great he was this year. It's kind of what we were talking about with Smith and Jigba last year. And like, for example, there's another comment here. If Jalen Carter is getting knocked for having talent around him last year, so did JSN. And the But there's a difference, right? JSN or Smith and Jigba had, in terms of the three receivers, had the most productive year last year. So like, I think that's the difference. And look, we did a video on Jalen Carter. We like Jalen Carter. I didn't say anything about him getting knocked because he had talent around him. I actually I actually said that, that was a plus to him and the fact that he was getting into that team and getting snaps last year when his two competitors for his position were both first round picks. So like you do have to look at it in terms of the players and kind of will they fit. Um yeah, like I, I just don't agree with it. I just I don't agree with it being slightly overrated because when you talk to people at Ohio State, when you talk to the coaches, when you talk to the players, um, that's again he's one that everybody likes. All of the kind of beat reporters there have so many good things to say. We had a beat reporter on last year talking with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And he couldn't stop talking with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, I guess one of the other thing is on this one here, JSN quit on his team also. That's a huge red flag. If that's the case and you anybody that didn't play in the bowl games or couldn't come back, well, then you wouldn't have selected Jamar Chase in the first round because he just didn't play his final year. So, like, there's different ways to talk about some of this, right? Um uh let's just go i'll go to a couple of other ones jsn gets caught early from behind by slow college players to wait till the nfl look uh, all i can say is that if that's if that's the case he still came away with over 1600 yards and nine touchdowns last year so again there's different types of receivers out there right so again that's what you need to look at and we're going to talk about a couple of others Quinton Johnson is another one. We don't know if he's coming out yet because it hasn't been actually put out there. He's a different style receiver, somebody that rose up draft boards this year where he is that kind of physical freak that everybody's looking for. The biggest knock on him is going to be around the route running. Is he going to be able to is he going to be able to improve on that at the next level? Everybody knows the athleticism is there, the kind of crazy catch radius is there some of those like insane catches that he makes it's it's something that's going to intrigue a lot of scouts it intrigues a lot of fans already and again he's probably right now a lot of people will probably say that he's maybe the consensus number one at the moment but again as we go through this pre-draft process it's probably between him smith and jigba and jordan addison so it's going to be interesting to see how how the opinions of people change as we go through this pre-draft process because it happened last year because we kept going. I think at the beginning we were talking about Chris Alave and then everybody started talking about Drake London and then everybody started talking about kind of Tony's guy that's currently in Pittsburgh. Oh no, no. I'm not going to mention it. But then then Garrett Wilson and we come back and I think the same thing is going to happen with this class 
again, different style of receiver here. Can see why so many people like him because, again, this is kind of the new age receiver that a lot of these teams and a lot of these scouts are looking for, right? So that is one option. Um, I do want to go through some of the other guys. Jordan Addison, again, he's a guy that um, declared today. Someone that has been up there, I think in my preseason rankings, I had him as the number one along with JSN going into this season. I think Kayshawn Booty, who we'll talk about in a little bit, was one guy that was up there as well. Quinton Johnson wasn't. Um, but again, I think Quinton Johnson's an interesting one if you're looking at the back end of that top 10. Jordan Addison is about the same range where I'm seeing people put him anywhere from like 8 to 15 or 16. And again, different style of receivers, right? And people will like these guys, and it just depends on what the Bears will be looking for. Will they look for that prototypical X? Will they look for someone more to do their work in the slot? It's going to be interesting to see. And um, Tom puts a really good comment here. It's kind of why I mentioned it. Would Quinton Johnson would be worth the selection after the Claypool trade, given that they share the same, a similar physique? I think it depends if they see them playing the same position, right? You can have two physical specimens at receiver and they do different things if one is more elusive than another, right? Again, Addison, a little bit smaller, more shifty. Again, is a really good receiver, will get picked high, and I think he's a very good option. Um, Again, just so we can move through it. Someone that has risen through draft boards is Jalen Hyatt this year. Everybody came in talking about Cedric Tillman. Jalen Hyatt, especially his game against Alabama, kind of rose him up draft boards. Um, the speed is there. The athleticism is there. The biggest question mark is that it's happened all in this year. And they'll question why was he not the guy that people were expecting prior to this season? Cedric Tillman was that guy. Jalen Hyatt is one that we would have expected after this year. You'd be you'd be thinking, like, why is why wasn't he the guy? But he put on some really good tape. He's gonna get picked really early. That speed, that athleticism. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked in the middle of that first round, just because so many coaches and scouts love the speed and love the athleticism. So I do think that he has an option to get picked early. Um a guy that this is now we're moving into more of the second round range. Keishon Bouti came in as one of like the top receivers this year. Didn't work at the start of the season. He had a, a bit of a spot with the coach. Ended up coming back though. Then towards the, when the season was basically over, says that he's coming back to LSU and then decides, no, I'm actually going to go out and declare for the draft. He's definitely one that if it's in the second round, let's say you've gone for your pass rusher and stuff, he's going to be an option there. There's going to be a team that's going to take a chance on him just because he has, again, the size that you're looking for, but also it's one of those players that coaches will feel like he was ranked at this point. We liked him like last year. So what happened? What was the reason for the downgrade in his production this year? I right. think I think you're right, but I just don't think the Chicago Bears will do that. Because I don't think, I think so either. I, I, I just think we can't be taking risks because we're not the receiver or a couple of players away from making that elite jump up. And and I think there's 
even what you said raises flags, which would be he had a fight with his coach. He was ranked really high up, and now he's out in the second, third round. And suddenly we're asking, why is that happening? Everything Polls talks about is the person as well as the player. And I just think I see some of the comments from the lads. Yeah. It's just stay away from and I I think this is the kind of guy that you'd go for if you think you're you're the you're a receiver away from from being comp- competitive and want to want to have a go at someone like this. For example, the the madness that would be in Green Bay wouldn't surprise me if they looked at someone like this because they think they're that one player away still. Um, but it's just it's it's interesting to see what uh, what it is. I just don't think the Bears will will go wide receiver. If they do go wide receiver, this is the guy I think they'll end up going with. Thank you so much. The timing is perfect. I'm gonna this is the wide, this away. This is the wide receiver I think the Chicago Bears will be interested in. Because he I think the first round and even the second round, if this guy can somehow sneak and fall into the third, I think the Bears will be all over this guy. Because he, he offers something again. I think there's a lot of a lot of Mooney about him, but there's a lot of something just shifty and different that we again going back to what I said, something different that other players within our wide receiver room don't have. And I think he would marry you quite nicely with that. I will caveat that by saying I was the biggest Daz Newsome fan ever created. So maybe me picking wide receivers isn't the smartest play ever. In saying that, I might think I might get this one right. I think this guy is the one that will be most interesting because in round one and round two, I think Pauls is going all day on what he didn't do in the free agency. So if in the free agency he went after the offensive line, he'll go after the defensive line in, in the draft. I think if the flip opposite happens, that's what he that's what he'll look to do. So I just have a feeling that that we're looking at wide receiver in round three. And if this guy's still on the board, I think that guy gets picked really quickly. Yeah, look, I I like Rishi Rice a lot. Um I like that he's his ball skills, first of all, that's what you need in one of these guys. His size, athleticism, something that I like. I like that he has that kind of confidence without being like that cocky receiver, you know, and also in the fact that he's able to make defenders miss. So he is one guy that I really like. If you were able to, let's say you got an extra second round pick, right? And you just kept, you also got to keep your Raven second round pick. I'd be fine if they used that on a guy like Rasheed Rice. I would be completely fine with that. And the next guy as well is somebody that I would be targeting around. You might have to go a little earlier in the second round, but that's Josh Downs. Um, Now, the reason for this is he has the best hands in the draft, right? Like he has the speed. Now, again, you're probably looking at him as more of an inside guy. But again, a different type of skill set. The one thing that I like about him, and I always mention it every year we've done this, is like, you want guys that are hands catchers, right? You don't want guys that let the ball hit their body because those are the guys that typically are inconsistent when it comes with ball skills. And he's one guy that I, I do like. I think teams are going to have different grades on this guy. Um, some will have him at the end of the first round. Some people have him at the start of the second. Some will have it a little bit kind of lower down. But again, he's definitely an option that, I think that the Bears could end up looking at, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm going to move on to kind of the tight ends. Just before we move on, I'm not mentioning anything about this guy. The reason I'm not, he's North Carolina wide receiver, and I have experience of talking about a wide receiver from North Carolina, so I'm saying nothing. Yeah, there's a couple of other receivers that I'll give kind of mention to that we've kind of looked at. 
Cedric Tillman's definitely an option. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes versus kind of Jalen Hyatt and Zay Flowers is another one. I want to watch a little bit more on Zay Flowers, but for just for people to know, we are going to be doing kind of a film review video on kind of the top kind of 10 to 12 wide receivers. We're hoping to get that out next week. Um, so do stick with us for that, where we can go into these guys in a little bit more detail. Today, all we wanted to do is kind of mention a couple that we think could be good fits for the Bears. But look, I'm going to go through some of the, we've kind of two tight ends here that I'm going to talk about. And mainly I've skipped over kind of Michael Mayer from Notre Dame because he's probably going to go in the first round. So the two guys that I think could be fits behind Cole Komet, Darnell Washington is, again, that kind of rare athletic tight end that he's probably going to be a second-round pick. Can he force his way up into the first round? Possibly if it, if the right team is there, but with it only being 31 picks in the first round, I think he's probably going to be second-round pick, get picked in maybe the top 15 in the second round. I think he's a really good option there i think the bears have always been looking for that second receiving target at tight end they i think they want to have play have those two tight end sets but they just haven't had the they haven't had that that second guy with the same kind of skill set look obviously they're going to need to be able to block but they need to be good they need to have soft hands they need to be able to contribute in the passing game and again have someone as a bailout for justin fields when something doesn't work on the outside do you have somebody on the inside that you can trust? Look, I think Cole Komet's going to get an extension this year, but there's no reason why, let's say the receivers you really like go. And let's say it's that Ravens pick in the second round and you were adamant that you wanted to improve the weapons around Justin Fields. There's nothing to say that improving the tight end position doesn't actually improve the weapons just as much as if you drafted a receiver in the second round. Because again, Darnell Washington can be one of those guys that can contribute. And look, I think that's one of the things that you could see. Um, one of the other guys, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Again, very athletic kid. Very, very athletic. Similar enough to kind of Darnell. When you when you look at him, he's he's one of those guys that, again, you want somebody that can contribute here. You want somebody that can work well with Cole Komet. It doesn't completely take away, but gives you another option. And I think Dalton is definitely one guy in this draft that kind of works out. The, the interesting thing when it came to some of the tight end prospects this year is there was actually a good, I think there was maybe from my original list of tight ends, I'm counting here that I had two, four, six, eight, 10, 11, 11 of the initial like 43 or 44 didn't declare. Um, so like it, it's an interesting one. I like Dalton Kincaid. I know Tony does. He's one that he's he's made a he's been talking up quite a lot. I think Kincaid is a very, very good option. He's one that actually probably goes ahead of Darnell Washington, um, depending on the team, but I think he could be a really nice fit in this offense. Um yeah, uh, there's one here, Nomad. Luca Musgrave from Oregon yeah. State is another really good option there. Again, all these guys are probably day two, day two players. Um, but again, somebody that I think could be really, really good here. Um, Tucker Craft, if you wanted kind of a smaller school, 
guy. I don't think a lot of Bears fans like small school guys after what we saw prior. But again, if you were looking at that level, I think Tucker Craft in day three is probably a decent athletic option that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to develop. But he has the raw skills that actually can he will be able to contribute in the league. So let's move to kind of the offensive line. So we'll start off with like the first round guys. So Paris Johnson Jr. He's definitely one that I like at the top of the set of the first round. And um, I'll I'll talk about a couple of these guys. So Paris Johnson Jr. Again, if you're bringing him in, you're bringing him in to compete at left tackle. You're not going to stick him at right tackle. That's not where his strengths lie. If you want someone that's a little bit more versatile, you can go for a guy like Peter Skaronski from Northwestern. Could he play outside? A lot of people do think so. Some people think he's going to get moved inside because I think it depends if you believe in that kind of short arm thing. And I know some scouts do. Some scouts will have their baselines, and if your arm length doesn't hit that, they don't want you to play tackle, and they'll push you inside. I don't know why that says Ohio State. That should say Northwestern. Um, but, again, he is one guy that I think, when you look at it, he's someone that can be a very – I think he could be one of those guys that you can just see where you can plug and play him, right? I think if you do bring him in, he's going to be one of those options that – you just let him compete, and wherever he's best, that's where you stick him. It might be one of those trade down options. Um, and that's, that's a yeah, go ahead. That. If you go with that, right? My my thought on this is is always my brain is thinking of, of, of Tevin Jenkins, because we don't know what the what the health situation is with Tevin Jenkins. Because if Tevin Jenkins plays, or is fit, is fully fit, I believe that he is our long term right guard, mm-hmm. and he's shown already. If he's fit and whether the coaching staff believe the fitness or whatever that may be. And I think it's going to be really interesting what we do. I personally don't think we're going offensive tackle in the draft. I think we're going offensive tackle in free agency because I think what they what the polls and, and Cunningham may see is that they want experience in that position and they want mm-hmm. people who know what they're doing to be able to protect uh, Justin Fields because they felt that wasn't the case this year and i just think that i really like i really like um paris as well i I just think there's a there's a an opportunity that it's too much of a risk in my opinion to get in another offensive tackle another another guard early in the draft and while these guys are look like they're very 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 good players i just feel that we're not gonna (laughs) i'm ruining the segment we're not gonna go down the road of of offensive tackle in the in the first round that's just my opinion i agree especially if it comes to where we are in the first round because there's some guys that i do like roderick jones would be for me a a very very good right tackle for this team again has that size has that strength that you're looking for so he'd be one there's a couple of other guys that i think fit well at right tackle darnell Wright is one played right tackle pretty much his entirety of his collegiate career and really does fit that at the next level, has some really, really good game tape. I think he'll be someone that will probably rise to where he could end up getting picked at the end of the first round. But let's say he doesn't, and you do trade down with the Colts, and you get the Colts second-round pick. He'd be one that I think a lot of teams would be looking at at the beginning of the second round that, again, would be 
a very, very good pick, a very good value pick, and someone that would fit in. Um, I guess some of the later guys, maybe kind of third round, Matthew Bergeron, again, you'd probably be sticking on that right, right tackle. If it doesn't work, you'd probably get him to compete on the inside, but more on the right side. I couldn't see, I don't see him as a left tackle, really. Um, someone I like just because this story is ridiculous. Cody Mauk is, you just need to, there's a, a very funny graphic of him when he first started at North Dakota State University, coming in as a tight end and looked at like this scrawny little kid. And now he just, he's ridiculous. I don't think he's going to be a tackle at the next level. I think he's probably going to be pushed on into the inside. But he has that aggressive streak that I think that they're going to really like. And if he does last to the third, to the third round, I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that they did target. But look, yeah. with that, I do want to move to the guys in the inside because I think that's where it's more likely in that kind of second or third round that the Bears may target. Um, so earlier, guys, you have Andrew Voorhees from USC and you have Osiris Torrance from Florida. They're probably the top two guards that you can probably look for in this current draft. Now, I think... They're probably the top of the second. Now, maybe because they're guards, they might drop a little bit further. I don't think the Bears are going to go for a guard in the first two rounds. But look, we've said this before. It could depend on who they get in round one, who they've signed in free agency. And I kind of agree with you to a certain extent. I think most of the additions on the offensive line will probably come through free agency. But I do think that they will draft somebody as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Where I think they will draft a player yep. is in this position, center. Totally right. I, I think that this is where there's – and it doesn't have to be these particular guys that I'm going to show because I think there is a lot of not only talent, but there's a lot of potential with some of these guys when you look at – and there's actually quite a lot of them in there now. I think I've only mentioned maybe three in this particular kind of – or three or four in this slideshow. But John Michael Schmitz is the first one that a lot of people really, really like from Minnesota. I hope he doesn't rise off draft boards because he would be a really good pick. I think it would mirror what kind of polls saw what happened in Kansas City. So I yeah. think he would be a really good option. I know it's kind of a fan favorite right now. And um, you have some other guys. So Luke Weipler from Ohio State. Again, a lot of people are big fans of him as well. Again, Good size on him, a very, very good point of contact. I really like how he kind of uses his own body and he's, you don't see him getting beat very often and it's something that I really like. Um, Cedric Van Pran, Granger. I know a lot of people only say Van Pran, but I actually noticed. That's why I used to call him. And then I looked at him playing and I'm like, hold on, that name on the back of the jersey is a lot longer than I thought. So <laughs> he's, a, nah, he's, a, he's a really good option. Again, I don't think he's going to go in like the second round where you might see a guy like John Michael Schmidt, but again, really productive player. If he was brought in, he would compete straight away with a veteran. And that's the way I think this is going to go. I think the bears are going to sign a center and they're going to draft the center yeah. and they're just going to say, battle it out. And whoever wins it, wins it. And that's just the way it's going to be. And I think that's a good situation for the bears to be in. Um, I guess that, and look, that's where we have it right now. Um, I think those are some of the really good options in terms of there's going to be guys we're going to talk about over the coming months that work well. We can't we can't 
forget also what Sandra they did draft the Sandra last year in terms of Eric Kramer. Um is it Eric Kramer or Doug Kramer? Doug Kramer yeah. Jr. Doug, that's it. Um again, like at there's gonna be a lot of competing on this offensive line because simply it just wasn't good enough. You may still keep Lucas Patrick, right? Like he may be your veteran that you're keeping in and you draft somebody. So like that's what is gonna be an interesting one because when I look at this offensive line draft class, maybe not so much with the tackles because there are some really good tackles in this draft class. But when you look at the inside, there's way more centers that I like than guards. And that's the interesting one. I can see a couple of the tackles later on getting pushed inside, which would improve, I guess, those positions. But for me, I think center is one of those options that, is a is a really good chance for the Bears to be able to improve that offensive line on. Um, but yeah, I go ahead, think, Anthony. I also think you need to get center right. You you just need to. And this is not a dish on Sam Mustafa, it really isn't. But center is such an important position in that offensive line because they pretty much call everything off what the what the quarterback is saying to them. So they, I think it's important that we get that right. I think you're. I think the experience battle with it with a a young kid. I love that. I love that idea of doing of having that as our as our center options and our inside offensive line. Like that goes back to what you do with Cody Whitehair. Depends on what you do with free agency. And I think again, I think if if I'm looking at the draft, whenever I'm looking at the draft, I instinctively are thinking about this draft as a almost a defensive draft because I think I think we're going to be a team that's going to be solid with consistent people from our free agency class in our offensive side of the football. And that includes wide receiver, by the way. I think we think that could be something that would be interesting. And we're tapping up in certain spots with the draft. But when it comes to the first round or second rounders, we're going at edge rusher. We're going at we're going at um defensive line tree tech. We're gonna we're gonna really possibly get ourselves solidified with fun pieces from the draft. And the proof the proof is last year. You look at Brisker, you look at Gordon, that's who polls went to early in in the draft because he likes to have those in his eyes, creative players on the defensive side of the football. And Iberflus's instinct is probably to go that way as well in the draft. I, I It's just, an ex, for me, it's an exciting time to look at the names you just put up. It really is. And, and to see how they're going to develop and see what they're going to look like. If someone was to, to say right now, who do I think of the guys, the guys you named that will end up on the Chicago bears. I think, I think Rice is a wide receiver personally. I think, I think Schultz in the in the center position is someone that that may be an interesting one to to look at if he's fallen into the second. If we got two second round picks, if we got the Colts and we still had the Ravens second rounder, that could be a conversation. Don't think he's going to fall that far, but you get my point. Um, it's it's just going to be interesting as to how we're gonna we're gonna play going forward in, into what it is. I think. I think it's there's some, also there's some really really good players. I've, I've listened to people saying the last two or three days, oh this draft class isn't as good. And thank God CJ came out today because without him the draft class would have been terrible. There's some really good football players in this draft, and anyone that thinks that there's not is deluded and living in the cloud cuckoo land that is up in Green Bay. I I really think there's a, there's some fantastic players, and the best part at the end of all this process, I really think the Chicago Bears will be a better football team. I really do. I think we're going to be a football team that's going to going to impress people, and we're building something nice. And I'm, I can't wait to see it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I am. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's good because you not only do you have the first pick in the draft, you have all that cap space to where you could improve yeah. your team. 
by quite a lot. And then you then circumvent that with the draft to where you could end up trading back and kind of doing stuff in that way. And look, with that, we'll go through like a very quick mock draft as kind of the show's title. It, it is a mock draft Monday. And again, this is not based on what we think the Bears are going to do it or anything like that. We are focusing on offense today. Um, so yes, while there could be better defensive players at the positions that are going to be there, we're going to focus on offense. And if that was the case, we're just take this as if the Bears used all their free agency money <laughs> on defense. Let's yep. say they they signed two pass rushers. They traded for a three technique. They got another corner. They got linebackers. And yep. all they need is, is offense. That's what we're doing this based on. Um, so with that, I'm because I think the Colts are the most likely kind of trade scenario, that's what we're going to do here where we're trading kind of our first pick for their number four, their second round pick. I think it's their fourth round pick, a future one, a future two, and a four. So quite a lot. Um it might be something a little bit different. I still think you're if you're doing a trade, you've got to get four and thirty-five. You've got to get their first round pick in twenty twenty-four, and then after that, you're kind of looking for whatever the different scenario is. But I think that's where we start off with. Um, and with that, I will. Uh, so let's see. Oh, it didn't actually save it. Um. Oh, so they don't actually have that showing up. So let's just go with a different one. Um, so let's go with, I guess, Detroit here. Um, so we'll go pick number one for Detroit. I'm going to do like a similar trade scenario. Yeah. I'm not going to go for that second first round pick because I don't think it's actually very likely um, if that was the case. So the one that I had with the Colts, I had around one and I had two and a four, I believe. Let's see what that looks like. So that's 74. Let's just add in like our third round in 2024 just to make it similar enough to what we had. Um, it actually works a little bit better being a little bit further back here because, again, the defensive players that you probably would have been looking at are, are gone in this scenario. Yep. Um, so let's just stick with the offense. So some of the guys you mentioned earlier, so Paris Johnson Jr. at tackle, Skaronski at tackle, Quinton Johnson at wide receiver. Um, you've Jackson Smith and Jigba at wide receiver. Jordan Addison, Broderick Jones. Let's say the Bears were at like anywhere from six to 10, Anthony. Yeah. What would you want the Bears to do? Would you want them to go tackle or would you want them to go wide receiver and improve that side of things? If, if we've got every piece of the puzzle in defense, as we've, we've got to keep yeah. on saying this to people who just joined in now, this isn't. This is an offensive draft. This is not what we think the Bears would do. If that's the case, then I'm looking at at getting um gotta help the we gotta help the offensive line. If we haven't yeah. helped them in, in the in the draft, or sorry, in free agency, because if we can have all the defensive players all you want, we're, we're gonna get killed in um in enough in, in the offensive team if we, we don't improve that offensive line. So straight away you're looking at you're looking at Someone like like Johnson Jr. or someone like um, Skaronski. Now you're asking the question, and this is the question you ask: Where, what position do you think we urgently need to fix? So, do yeah. we need to fix a tackle position? Do we need to fix guard, or do we actually need to go fix the center? The, the conversation about about um, Skaronski is that he offers a, a little bit more 
options. And because he's got small small arms, you're probably looking at moving him inside one. Um, and instinctively, when I'm looking at this pick, he's probably the one I'd be saying in the in the in the draft room that I'll be saying, okay, that's probably what we're looking to go because of his versatility and because of what options he gives us to go to go on it. That would be my instinct. Personally, I also think that if the Bears did trade down to like eight or nine, that that's probably who they would go after anyway, just because I think he fits the style of offensive lineman that Ryan Poles likes. Again, he would have seen him quite a lot. I know Poles actually went to a couple of Northwestern games this year. I got to see him up close and personal in Dublin this year as well, and I was really impressed with him. It'll be interesting to see where scouts see where he's going to be, whether he plays tackle or guard, but I don't care. I'm like, go play where realistically where he can help this offensive line the most. I just want to make to have an offensive line where you're actually giving fields some time. It makes Mooney better. It makes Komet better. It makes Claypool better. And that's where I would go this time. So again, just for the sake of this one, I think that's where we'll go for our first round pick and just improve the offensive line. Um, and again, um, like it's, I guess it would depend as well if the Bears saw him as a tackle or if they saw him as a guard. If they saw like somebody else as a tackle and that's what they prefer, maybe they wouldn't do that. But I personally think that he could play tackle. So I wouldn't really be afraid of this. The way this kind of draft has has even fallen here in the fact that like a guy, even though we're not doing defense, Kali Ringo was there. Um, So let me see. So Darnell Washington, we spoke. Let's go. You could improve this again. You could go with your center with John Michael Schmitz. Um, let me let me. I'm just gonna pull up all the different positions. Um, so you have wide receiver, tight end. So before you go any further, tight end, Washington goes into the conversation if that's where we are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Also, you need to remember is with the trade that we made, um, we do have another. We do have two more picks. We have a pick at 55 and at 59. Yep. So it also can depend on like what do we what do we see do let me see I need to get this out at offensive tackle as well. So it depends on like do you want another do you want a guard like you can get Cooper BB Darnell Washington's one if you want to get your center you can do that. Jalen Hyatt is one of those wide receivers we spoke about. Your guy Rasheed Rice is there. Yeah. Um. Dewan Jones is an interesting one. Andrew Voorhees, one of the best guards probably in the draft. So at this point in time, we already took Skaronski. I guess it depends on how you see him, if you see him as a tackle or a guard. Um, but what would you be wanting the Bears to do at this point if they were going to be taking an offensive player? Instinctively, I'm looking at I'm looking at Schmitz purely because I just want the center position to be to be an actual competition. But then I'm looking at the fact that, that we're 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 calling again in in seven picks and then you're looking at who's around us in front of them and do they need to fix their guard position or their center position or are they looking to get that that fixed as well you could take a risk and go with Washington tight end in the hope that Smith is still there um for your center because I don't think Washington will be there at 55 mm-hmm. um I think I think tight end is even if you look at a team that's coming up um, they'll probably be looking potentially at a tight end position themselves, um, especially the Bucks, maybe Dolphins, maybe if I see their fifty three. Um, so my instinct would be to to look at getting Washington in, and then going in with Schmitz. 
but I'm that would be the the next thing. I don't think I think Rice is still there in wide receiver at 55. He's still there going to be there at 59 and probably going to still be there at 64. Rice would be my target number one for wide receiver. That's just for the ones that are left on the board. And um, so that would be my instinct would just to go, to go to that. Yeah, also actually I did I did actually skip over this because uh, it was mentioned earlier in the chat as well that BB is actually not going to be declaring this year. They just haven't updated on TFF yet. Um, but yeah, the, the thing is at this position, I feel like there's enough other talented players to where I don't think I would go tight end at this point just because you have your number one guy and there's other positions where you don't have that solidified. If it was me, I'd probably be between fixing that center position because I saw what um, they were able to do in Kansas City. Um, if you believe in a guy enough, I would just just go and take them. Um, again, there's a guy like Jalen Hyatt, Rasheed Rice. Again, Dewan Jones, if you want to get another tackle. Um, so personally, I think here, as I would probably go with who can make my team in this year much, much better? What can and what makes your team better? And for me, it kind of starts with the offensive line. We've brought in one guy, and I would probably want the Bears to continue adding to that, especially if they did have multiple picks in the second round to where they could get another kind of wide receiver. So personally, if it was me here, I know in terms of this, like the actual um the actual like mock draft and where they have people slated may not be in the same yeah. as what we would think. I would probably go and just fix my center position and not have to hope that he's there at 55. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with the, the move to, to get him in. No, no problem. And then there's a, let's see who we have there. So the guy, well, were any of our players? So Darnell Washington get, did go straight after. Um, so at this point in time, the next guy's up. So there's Parker Washington. We didn't mention him. Jalen Hyatt is there. Um, we mentioned him as a potential option. Um, Rasheed Rice is there. Is that where you would be wanting to go at this point in time? Look, I think in a realistic fashion, like Jalen Hyatt is gone by now. Yeah. He's probably a first-round pick. So I might just ignore that because I think he's going to go way higher than this just to keep a little bit of realism in it. Yeah, um, I, think, I think if we're looking at realism, um, Rashi Rice goes pretty soon. Now we mm -hmm. have 55, 50, and again, I'm using this, 55, 59, and 64. Um, and I think what, what you look at now is because we haven't in free agency got any wide receivers at all. We haven't gone wide receiver at all because we've gone, got our – Anyone jumping on late to this? We've all gone defense and free agency, so this is what we're left with. I think now we've gone and got a we've gone and got a center. We've got a guard. We've got our guard, our tackle, whichever way you want to look at them. I think now you look at wide receiver, and now yeah. you're looking at who your wide receiver is that that makes it the most interesting in within the draft that you like on your board. Number one wide receiver, what's left? And for me, I don't think seventy eight is a realistic figure of where he's going to go. For me, I go after Rice now. And I say to myself, there's a danger. If you look at who's coming afterwards, there's a danger that maybe Dallas look at him um, and you're going, okay, who else is there before that? Bang, Bengals, probably not. Chargers, Chargers, def Chargers definitely will be a, a dangerous one. So I'd probably go and get my get the wide receiver I like the most and then worry about it where we get to in four, four picks time. Yeah, I, I agree. 
So we'll go with Rishi Rice. Um, and now at this point in time, what I'd be looking at, right, is tight end is one. And I would wonder if I don't think he'll be there, though. No. So where did, just for having a look at it, where did our tight end that we were talking about? Dalton Kincaid. And this just shows you how much he's going up was the 33rd pick in the draft. So again, he's one that if he was available in that second round, I would definitely be looking at. There's not really anybody at tight end that I'm overly like thrilled with at this point. So I'd probably ignore that for now. Um, I go back to probably offensive tackle. Um, we mentioned Matthew Bergeron. I like Dewan Jones as well. Um, Jalen Duncan is someone that I think could be a really, really good fit for this team. Um, and yeah, so I think that's probably what I'd be looking at at this point. I'd probably go tackle again. Um, we've got our wide receiver. We got our center. Depending on what you see in, what is it? Where is he? Uh, I'm Peter Skaronsky. If you see him as a tackle, well, then maybe you don't need to go after one here. But again, you can never get enough. And like we've said, we're focusing primarily on this. Let's see who's still available at wide receiver. So if you wanted a different type of receiver, Cedric mm-hmm. Tillman is an interesting one, kind of more of a bigger body type guy. Um but Who's running, what running backs are left? I'd say there's let me see. Uh so the top right running back is Sean Tucker. He's very, very good. Um Devonna Shane, we mentioned Kendra Miller is a really good one. Again, we don't know if he has actually come out yet. And um, we expect it. One of my There's favorites, Roshan, is is there Zach Evans. I thought he'd be ranked a little higher. At this point in time, I'd probably go with another wide receiver even. <coughs> you probably do that or tackle. Like Matthew Bergeron could be an interesting option at this point. Um, the thing is, we would be picking at the top of the third round. So like you're still picking in a couple of picks to go. And with receivers being left, you have Parker Washington, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman is there as well. Um, I think we're doing realism as well. We don't think that... We don't think that Hyatt's going to be there. Yeah. So take him out of the conversation. Um, and I think I think you're looking. I I would double down on wide receivers mm-hmm. because it it it's just something that I that I would look at. Um, and then it's a conversation. Whether you like Tillman or whether you like Washington, um, they would be. Yeah. The- look, I I I like both guys. Um, I know some people are quite big fans of of Tillman. I think it. it it just depends. Personally, I think Washington's a really, really good option here. I think it gives you something different that this team doesn't have right now. And it's probably where I would go if the Bears are picking at 59. I know they're not, but if yeah. if they if they were to make a trade to get around this point, I think Parker Washington would be would definitely show some really good value at this point. So I think that's a good option. And then maybe at 64, come around and pick maybe a tackle and then at like 103 we could target a running back and i think for for this particular one even though we have it at seven rounds we'll actually focus on like the first four um rather than going all seven and uh, because again just picking one side of the football it's going to be very hard to just yep. go all that so i think we'll go parker washington here um and then at this point i still can't believe even in this scene <laughs> that jalen hyatt is there 
Um, Matthew Bergeron is definitely one that I would be looking at at tackle. Uh, who's the next guy that they have down here? Blake Freeland's an interesting one. I think he'll probably kick inside. Um, Dewan Jones is interesting. If you really want to go offense, you can go Hendon Hooker to be your backup. <laughs> um, Great name. Yeah. Uh, Dewan Jones. Yeah, I, I think at this point I'd probably go with um, – Matthew Bergeron, I think I like him a lot as a prospect. Again, like I said, he could he could probably battle at right tackle, but even has an option to if you wanted to kind of put him on the inside. But I think he's a definitely a really good prospect, and I think at this point it actually makes a lot of sense. Now I don't know if there's anybody else that I'm missing out on here that I expected to be gone, but is actually here because they're just rated really low. Um no, I think it's pretty good because in the last couple we had like Cody Mouk at like the fifth round. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Um, but yeah, Matthew Berger on here I think makes a lot of sense. Um, so then we come around at 103, which should be the top of the fourth round. Um, and here we go. So then this is probably where you're gonna look at the running back position, right? That fourth round, it's where we've seen the Bears pick running backs before. So, again, I'll ignore Kendry Miller just because I'm assuming he's going to come out, but we don't know. So, Devin O'Shane, again, Roshan Johnson's a really good one. Zach Evans is a really good option. Chase Brown is still there. Like, I think Chase Brown, in terms of how I have these guys ranked, I'd have Chase Brown. I'd have Zach Evans ahead of Chase Brown, but Chase Brown ahead of Devin O'Shane and Roshan Johnson. But again, this would all depend. I like Juice Vaughn. Kenny McIntosh is an interesting one. Um, but those would be the main guys. Again, all this would go down to situation, right? If David Montgomery is on this football team and you still have, like we said before, you have Herbert, well, then I would be picking between Zach Evans and Chase Brown at this point in time. Um Oh, so Kendra Miller said he's coming out today. I missed that. Um, so that is one. Um, Devin O'Shane could be one. Um, but I, like I said, if then David Montgomery's not there, that's when you probably look at a Roshan Johnson. I think Kendra Miller is a dangerous option to have in this offense. Um, so I think it personally, knowing what the team is now where Montgomery is still there, I'd probably go with one of the guys at the top here, either Devin or Shane or Kendra Miller. But then again, it is hard for me not to look at Roshan Johnson and be like, he could be a really good option if he wasn't there. But look, let's just treat this as Devin Montgomery still on the team. Can I ask you a question then, based on Devin yeah. Montgomery still on the team? Which is the best which is the best blocker? Uh probably Roshan Johnson. That's who I go with. Because that's for, what I think. For me anyway. That's what I think the Bears will look at, because I think we need we need to find players that fit into what we're trying to do, and we mm. need players that will fit in around our quarterback, not not guys who are very good in their position necessarily. It's going to sound weird, but guys who fit into what we want from our from our quarterback, and we want to give our quarterback that extra second, that extra time to go and show his passing ability. So my question on this at this moment in time is if if we think our our Roshan Johnson is our best blocking running back. That's who I'm picking. Yeah, like it's it's one of the things. Like realistically, the things that I I really like is just 
his size and his power. His, he's, again, a very balanced back. His vision and his patience. Again, these are very similar things than when we talked about David Montgomery and other things that he might not be quite as good as that kind of lateral agility. You look at sometimes his pad level can be a little bit too high. Um, but like, again, at this point in time, what you're looking at is kind of the specific player that you want. And look, there's going to be people that will be listening here that'll be like, oh, I really like Devin O'Shane. I really like Kendra Miller. I really like Zach Evans, Chase Brown, Juice Vaughn, Kenny McIntosh. Like, there's multiple guys. And this is why I say I actually think it's very likely that the Bears pick a running back in the fourth round or fifth round because there's going to be a lot of options there. I think that they could trade down a couple times and still get somebody that they feel that they can put in here. But like you said, Ant, I think if Dave Montgomery's not going to be there, I think they're going to have to get somebody, even if they sign a free agent on like a two-year deal or something like that, they're still going to need to draft a guy because you want somebody that you have under control for four years. And realistically, I know people don't want to hear this, but like in a year or two when, I can't remember when, Khalil Herbert's... um, uh, Yeah, Yeah, so that's two years. Like at the end of the day, I'm still of the opinion that I, I just don't really want to resign guys. I feel like I'd rather put most of my money in the offensive line. And then if your offensive line is like elite and really good, you can get different draft picks like in the fourth round and fifth round. Cause we're seeing these guys have a lot of really good traits. Like I've mentioned it. There's one, two, three, four, five guys that, Currently in my own, in the in the rankings that I have, I would have them, let me see. I have Zach Evans in the top 10. I have Chase Brown in my top 10. I have Devin O'Shane in my top 10. And I have Roshan Johnson just outside it. But again, it comes to what do you want? Like Roshan Johnson, he's like 6'2", 223 pounds. So he is going to be that more power back that maybe is that what you're looking for? because it's a little bit different to what we see in it's different to what we see in Khalil Herbert. Or do you want somebody that's similar? Like you can get a Devin a Shane that is just a really talented guy that wills will be dangerous in your offense. But again, he's 5'8, 185. So he's definitely not going to be that blocker that you're looking for. Right? Like Chase Brown, like 5'11, 205. You can look at a Zach Evans as a similar size, right? So it just depends on what you're looking for. You ask me, I want, especially if it's one of your depth guys and a rookie coming in, I want a guy that is going to be the best blocker of the guys that are available. And personally, that's where I would say I'd rather go for a guy like Roshan Johnson that you see flashes. But I don't think you've seen him get to close to his potential because realistically, the best running back in the draft class was on his team in Bijan Robinson from, from Texas. So he's also one that is kind of like untapped potential that you don't really know what he's going to be at the next level. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, again, this all falls back to what do we want to fit the Chicago Bears? Are we saying this is the best running back in the draft? No. Are we saying this is the best running back on the board? It's going to sound weird. We may not be saying that either. But is he the best fit for the Chicago Bears? If the question that we want our running back to do is to make sure we block and do the basics of being a running back, keep the ball, pound the yards, make make the – and when you're breaking, if you're true, keep going, then 
and it's cheap for four years, then then we pick that guy. I think it's important to to, to and I keep I will keep on stating this over and over again until the draft. Sometimes you don't end up picking the best player at the time the board comes up because sometimes the best player isn't the right player for us. We need somebody who is going to create space for Justin Fields to create an opportunity for our wide receivers to get into the get into the game for our tight ends to get into the game. And I I just I, I I'm going to keep on and keep on and keep on harping on that as long as I'm on this show until draft night. This is a very important point as well. Low mileage. Yeah. That what we say about running backs is that, and the reason why I say this now that there are dime a dozen is because they're the position that gets injured the most because they have to do so much, right? Like they touch the ball the second most amount of times as the, obviously the first one is the quarterback and like, yeah. the center technically. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, they're more likely to get to get injured. I do want to make one point. We are we are going to make that draft, but now one of the reasons here, Nomad says, what's wrong with the TVs in the UK? First of We're all, not in, the UK. Is in, not in the UK. So I'm in Sweden. Your, your point is, yeah, he's in Sweden and I'm not in the UK either. So your point is invalid at that point. Uh, it goes, the <laughs> Irish GM's fired. Technically, he's Swedish now. So, <laughs> but yeah, look, that's, that's, the, that's where we're going to go for this one. Um, again, it's just an interesting, uh, it's an interesting way to kind of look at these here. I'm going to just kind of just stop it there because that's where we wanted to look at the first couple of rounds. And what can the Bears do if they want to improve the offense, right? They can improve the offense early at your offensive line. We picked a Skaronski at tackle. We picked a center that you were looking for. We picked another offensive line. We talked about Rishi Rice at wide receiver. We picked a running back in the fourth round. If you wanted to go and get your like tight end and like a Dalton Kincaid at the top of the second round, that's a potential one. So I think the, the thing is we can definitely see where you can improve this team and improve it on the offensive side of the football. Because when we talk about this draft and most people talk about it, we talk about the defensive players, right? But we also have to remember is you can improve this team on the offensive side of the football through the draft. I think most people are expecting that has to happen in free agency. And I actually don't think that that's true. There's there's a lot of good, talented players this year. I also agree with you. And I also think fans get obsessed with the names. We get obsessed with, we must get a, a wide receiver one that's Devontae Adams or, or Hopkins. Or, we need to get them. And, and look, fantastic if we do brilliant i just don't see that in this in this chicago bears front office i don't i don't think they feel that way i think they'd much prefer on going and get a really strong um player that that fits in that no one really knows about and then use our wide receiver room to get kind of tapped up with the likes of a rice to, to develop on because i really do believe that they think in mooney and claypool if they stay fit that there are elite wide receivers as as you per se whether I agree with them or not, is secondary. I just feel that that's what Poles and Cunningham and general the general, general office think. I really do, though, think that tight end is somewhere they're going to target massively. And I think they're going to target that at free agency, personally. I think they really see the value of having two competent tight ends that are going to catch the football and create options for checkdowns uh, for Justin and also create options for separation. I think Cole Komet is, is has really impressed them, but I think they want another player that works with him. 
And I just think that all comes down to our offensive line. It all comes down to our centre and, and inside inside our offensive line. And I agree with you. I think the the running back is going to get picked in the in the fifth round. I, I see stuff talking about Saquon. I just don't see it because of the reason you just said. We we can't we can't risk this 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 offseason. We can't make a risk on Saquon and superstar, absolute superstar. But let's not forget he was injured for what two of the last three years, yeah. and one of those injuries happened where in Chicago. In Soldier Field, so let's just let's just be careful of what we the, wish for. The thing that I would say is, if we're going to be, and look, I know a lot of people, and we mentioned it earlier on the show, where Paul's has said he's going to be careful with resources, but I keep going back to the point that they have, like, they actually don't have a choice; they have to spend. And I'd rather overspend on protecting Justin Fields. Yeah, if you overspend. And actually, I was thinking as we were going through, I mentioned like Juwan James earlier is actually Juwan Taylor because there's two guys. Juwan James is coming out in free agency, but also Juwan Taylor, who was their right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars over the weekend. I'd rather overspend on a right tackle or a left tackle or a guard. Uh, Like even if it's a pass rusher, I don't care about like overspending at those positions that especially uh, along the offensive line where if you can go into next season where Justin Fields is getting time in the pocket, I don't care what you're paying your offensive line because like you can front load all that to where we have a load of cap space this year and next year. And then when you have to pay Justin, well, his offensive line, they've already been paid the big part of their contract and they're actually at lower amounts or lower cap hits later on. I think that that's a, would be a really good scenario for the Bears. And I think that's the way that he's probably going to do it. Would I be surprised if they pay a left tackle a huge amount? No. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. I think they probably pay a right tackle and pay maybe a guard to battle with Cody Whitehair. And I think that's the way they're probably going to approach it in free agency. And I think there's probably a couple more offensive linemen we're not thinking of that will get released or get cut just because of casualties and stuff like that. So, it's going to be a really interesting offseason. We appreciate everybody that came um, and joined the show today. We have another show on Thursday with Justin Mello from the Draft Network. So we'll be talking to him about kind of the upcoming kind of senior bowl. We'll be, t- we'll be talking to him about kind of his own prospect rankings, but on the offensive side of the football and defensive side of the football, maybe what he thinks the Bears will be able to do with some trade. So, If you guys want to get in some of your questions for Justin, make sure that you come and join us on Thursday. I will release the time. It's probably going to be either um, 3 p.m. Central Time or 4 p.m. Central Time. So make sure that you come in. Make sure that you get all your questions ready. If there's a particular player you want to know about or you want a little bit more uh, information about, Justin will be on the show for a good period of time, and he'll be happy to answer some of those questions as well as we kind of go ahead with some of this stuff next week, we should have one of our film reviews on the top wide receivers in the draft. And we'll probably have a free agency video coming up soon enough as well. Um, But look, again, I just want to say thank you for everybody joining the chat today. It was really good fun kind of reading out some of your comments. We always appreciate those. And it's great to have you back. Great to go all the way back to the roots where I don't know what happened to Tony. Just like Tony just Tony just had enough of offensive conversations. He's still worried about that wide receiver up in Steelers land that he 
lost out on. He's still terrified of that. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Look, it's fantastic you're back on the show. This is the this is the show to watch if you're a Bears fan. I don't care to be else says. And buy the merch, everybody. Buy the merch. It's actually quite nice, especially the mug. The mug is class. Ant loves the mug. He got the mug like last week, and he's been texting me about the mug every single day. And now I'm like. I don't know. I don't even have a mug. I have like three hoodies, a t-shirt, and I don't have a mug. So I'm no, gonna get have a mug. To do it's, that. it's only ten bucks or something like that. Fifteen bucks. The other thing as well is is that I, I've noticed a lot on Bears Twitter of, of going back into the negative conversations around people and attacking people and, and getting after people. That's we're all in this together. We all want to succeed as the Chicago Bears. I, I posted this a week ago, and I mean it. I don't want to ever talk about anybody else's opinion from any other team about Justin Fields. He is our quarterback. He will be our quarterback going forward. And just ignore it. If you see it on Twitter, someone has a, a pop at him because he can't pass, which we all know is bullshit. Don't, don't, don't engage. Don't get involved. Just ignore and laugh at them. Because we have pieces we got little pieces that we put together and we just need to cement that in saying all that i'll go back to what i said at the very very start ryan poles the reason i like him is because he's backed himself he's literally backed himself he's really put himself into the corner because he's got to get this right and uh and i'm intrigued as to what we do in free agency i'm intrigued at what we're doing in in the draft and this is the show to watch if we want to get predictions some some interesting people coming along and look I'm already looking forward to draft night where I'll be up feeding my baby with everybody. You'll probably get to see her. She'll be screaming when I decide who we're going to pick. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it already. Really am. Yeah. Also, if you want predictions, I'm just saying so far in the playoffs, I am five of five. So I have not got a single one wrong. So if that continues, the Cowboys are to, winning later. Who are you going with tonight? Who are you going Cowboys. with tonight? You going with the Cowboys? Yeah. Because I'm like, when I was doing it originally, I was like, I'm not going to pick every favorite to win. And I was like, the Vikings aren't going to win. So that's one of them gone. I'm like, I had a feeling the Jags would win. And I was like, when that first half happened, I was like, oh, here we go. So I actually doubled down at halftime and bet even more on them in the money line. Uh, and that worked out. Um, and then... Ryan's buying everyone a mug, by the way. Yeah. And then, and then after that, I was... I was like, okay, so the Bucks and the Cowboys game was the one I was if you if you ask me like really who I thought if this was like a regular season who I thought would win, I'd be like Brady and the Bucks probably look really, really good. But Brady's not the same, man. Like he he just hasn't been. And I feel like there, there's some like juju with, with Dallas to where I could see where they could lose this game. But when I actually compared the two teams. I think Dallas just edged in terms of actual talent. If Dak Prescott can play good football, if they can play good complementary football with CD Lamb there, Ezekiel Elliott, some of those players on defense, while they're not the greatest in terms of like stopping stuff on defense, they have a lot of but like playmakers and ball hawks. And I think yeah, and I think that's person. where I think that they could come good and where they could win today. And again, that's the kind of main reason why. I've kind of gone for them to to win this game, but look, I guess be, before we go and kind of a last thing, what's your opinion of the way they've structured kind of this thing of Super Wildcard Weekend? Personally, I preferred it when it was all on the two days, and I yeah, just got I, to watch like loads of football for a whole weekend. 
yeah, it went a little bit too much. Um, I'll be honest. Now I'm okay because uh, babies are awake at night time and I can get to feed the baby and excuse turn on the TV. But it, but for me, yeah, I just think it it is a little bit dragged out. It's a little bit like I d- I'll say what it is. I don't I, like Monday night playoff games. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially you're going for work on Tuesday. But the only thing else I'll say on that is it wasn't a cool. Was it? I remember what I don't know what day this is. Saturday was it? Where it went straight. From like one game, delay, a delay because the game went on. Oh, for that was yesterday. Bills yesterday. Bills game went on for around four hundred hours. Four hours, yeah. and then and then literally went straight on to the next one. And that's what you want. You want to have like another game after that, and see what's going on. I did joke online saying there's games on now, but yeah, look, what I will say is the games have been brilliant. They really yeah. have, just for sure excitement and madness and crazy stuff going on, like Buffalo. That is, I, I said what I said in the chat on Buffalo because I wanted to state it in this, this thing. I do not believe the Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl. I really don't. And the reason why is they've so much pressure to win it for three. There's so much, like, it's it's a it's a adrenaline rush that all the players are going through. And Kieran knows this. I worked in a sports, uh, professional sports team in, in Ireland, and they had very similar scenarios happen to them with their head coach. And the pressure within the building was insane. It became so much that it just took over everyone's thought process. Oh, we have to win it for him. We have to win it for him. We have to win it for him. And it just got too much. And I think you saw that with Buffalo at the, week, at the weekend. They really teetered on the oh my God, we're losing the game by four points. And this is against the Dolphins team that I don't really massively rate. And I think they go into the next round and I just fear for them. I fear for them. I think I think it'll just catch them because they're just, there's too much emotion involved and sport yeah. doesn't care. Sport doesn't have emotion. Sport does not care if you're if you're destined to win. No such thing as destiny. Uh, and I just fear that, that the Buffalo Bills will, will, come up, will come up short next week. Personally, I think the year for Buffalo to win it was last year. Um, they don't look the same team this year. So, look, it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait for the games next week. It's gonna be, it's gonna be brilliant. But look, guys, we appreciate you all joining us again. Come to the show on Thursday. Um, we will have Justin Mello from the Draft Network on, where he'll be answering all your guys' questions. We'll be talking to him about the different position groups. We'll talk about some of the guys that he likes, some of the guys he thinks would be a good fit for the Bears. And then we'll go a little bit into some of the guys that are going to be there at the Senior Bowl in, I think it's, what, two weeks' time now, must be. So, look, guys, make sure that you join that. Make sure that you like the video. Hit the subscribe button. And until next time, all we can say is bear down. Bear down.